Hello? Hello? Hello, Cliffy? Cliffy, it's Uncle Cliff Cliff. Cliffy? It's podcast time. And now, the Birthday Boy Podcast. Bull stick of butter. Cliffy, it's Grandma Cliff Cliff. Give me a call at your convenience, okay? Cliff, this is your Uncle Cliff Cliff. Here's the host of Birthday Boy Podcast. The one and the only, Johnny Boy. My little baby boy. Baby butter boy. Womack style. Cliffy. I love you. Toggling your balls. Toggling your balls. Where's the rodeo? Uh, toggling his balls. I like your boots. But just below your nipple. Where are you headed? The biggest one yet. Toggle your balls. Toggling your balls. Fifty shades of gray. Slack, Cliffy. The biggest one yet. Cliffy. Oh my god. Hey there, teacher. It's going to be outrageous. What's my assignment? Your grandmother. I like your rubric. Break down Dale Winslow. Oh, please. Degrade me. Cliffy baseball. Weep this. My little baby butter boy, little butter boy, clippy boy, baby boy. Sweet this. That's how you get blisters, Clippy. That's how you get blisters. Womack style. That sure tastes delicious. In my mouth. Hey, firewoman. Bibleopoly, Cliff. Where's the fire? Puzzle, your balls. You're a smoker. The oatmeal tasting booth. Toggling your balls. Toggle your balls. Baby Butter Boy. The biggest and the best. You goddamn Butter Boy, son of a bitch. I can't get out of fuck of you, son of a bitch. To the Womack family holiday spectacular. Your grandmother just told me the good news. Or as we like to call it, the pizzle. Hellman's mayonnaise. The rockets red glare, the bombs bursting in air, and a delicious Helios pizza in your oven. Puzzle your balls. Womack style. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Welcome to the podcast, the Birthday Boy Podcast, episode 63, October 4th, 2020. The great year 2020 the fabulous 2020 uh where to begin where to begin today hmm let me think i wonder where to begin today oh yeah football monday night football theme song can only mean one thing Alright, listen. Last week. Where was I where was I right? 
Well, let's just go through. I mean, I did a podcast during the Miami-Jacksonville game. I picked Miami, but I mean, the game was already in progress. I would have picked them anyways, but they won. Miami won, so I got that one. Uh, Atlanta. Oh, yeah, Atlanta. Who did Atlanta play? The Bears. I picked Atlanta because I thought, who, who can have such an abysmal crash and burn one week against the Cowboys? And then what are the odds? What are the odds that they come back a second week and go up by a bunch of points and then blow it all? To, especially, you know, to the Bears, who are good. But they're never, you know, the Bears are kind of like the Bills. They're, they're good, and even when they're really good, they're never really, like, that good. They're good. They're good enough, but not that good. Well, the Falcons did just that, and this was one of my picks. There were several picks that were like, oh, my God, I, I'm going to have another uh, nearly perfect week, and then I, and then I didn't. And this Atlanta-Chicago, like an idiot, I picked Atlanta, who I will never pick again for the remainder of this season. And uh, they they were winning, and then in the final minutes, uh, Chicago, you know, they came racing back and they won. So that was great. So I lost. I was wrong on that one. Same with the Rams-Bills. What were the Bills up by, like, 29? <laughs> up by, like, 29 points, and the Rams came back? They came all the way. They had, like, 28 unanswered points or some ridiculous thing? Uh, either yeah, because the the game uh, yeah, was, I think they were down like twenty nine to three or some bullshit, and then it was thirty two to twenty nine at one point, thirty two to twenty eight or uh, who remembers? It was a million years ago, and then the Bills managed to win after nearly getting just completely humiliated. Uh, so I picked the Rams. I was so close, but but that didn't happen. Uh, Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Football Browns beat the Washington don't call us the Redskins football team when are they going to come up with a name by the way you know Washington football team I thought that was like we'll just you know that'll just be the placeholder name and I agree Redskins is a terrible name and it should have gone away a long time ago so a good riddance to that name but how much longer do you need to come up with a name are you not like is there not work being done right now to come up with a name it's not you know it's not that big of a it's not that difficult. A lot of people have come up with good red tails. Red, you can still have something that sounds like the old name, just not racially insensitive and stupid. Red tails, red hawks. I, you know, there's there's a there's a lot there's a lot. And I know you've got the Seahawks, but you got the Seahawks. They're not the they're not the Seattle Hawks. It's the Seattle Seahawks. So you could have the Washington Red Hawks. Well, why why not? Why not? It's you know you've got. You've got the White Sox and the Red Sox in uh, in baseball. Nobody gets those teams confused. I don't know. So Washington Red Hawks. Who cares? Just enough with the Washington fucking football team already. Anyways, the Browns beat the shitty Washington. The shitty Browns beat the shitty. I mean, who are the Browns? Look, you got a you got a football team named after the color of poop, and you got beat by them. So there you go. And yes, I know the guys. The owner's name was Brown. And so they just said, we're going to be the Cleveland Browns. Uh, but, you know, let's, that's a color. It's just that the football team's name is a color. It's the stupidest. It's a terrible. Anyway, the Browns beat Washington. Uh, I was right about that. Tennessee, the Tennessee Titans beat the Vikings 31-30. to Correct. I had that one. The New England Patriots took on the 
Las Vegas Raiders, formerly the Oakland Raiders, and they won 36 to 20. And Cam Newton looked fantastic, even though he now has COVID-19. And we'll get to that in a minute. But the Patriots won, and therefore I won. The 49ers destroyed the Giants 36 to 9. Nobody was surprised about that. Yeah, I mean, that's the other team. Why would anybody pick that fucking team to win? Anybody who does, and they happen to win, you're going to be probably a billionaire. Uh, Cincinnati. I was was I wrong about that? I guess I was wrong about Cincinnati. What what happened to them? I don't see them on here. The Bengals. Oh yeah, <sighs> idiots. The Bengals and the Eagles tied. How many times can these teams? Somebody said, can the can the Bengals and the Eagles not play each other ever again, please? Because how many times do these teams they tie? And why does the NFL allow for there to even be a tie? Why is that thing? You have the one, the overtime, and then if it's tied, it's over. That's so stupid. There goes that Lamborghini drive. Somebody in this neighborhood has a white Lamborghini, which I think is absurd. And there it goes. Every once in a while you see it. I'm, you're probably not going to see it much longer. Winter's coming. Okay, so that... Everybody lost on that one because the, the Bengals and the Eagles tied. Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, defeated the Titans 28-21. I was right about that. The Colts, Indianapolis, 36-7 over the Jets. Of course, the Jets are terrible. You have to take whoever is playing the Jets is who you have to take. So we got that one right. Uh, it was wrong. The Chargers lost to the Panthers 21-16. So I got that one wrong. Uh, what else? Tampa Bay. Where's Tampa Bay on here? I don't even see them. Ooh, yeah, the Sunday Night Football theme. Dun, 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 dun. The Broncos are terrible, and they lost to the Buccaneers 28-10. I had that one. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals. I picked the Cardinals over their opponents, who are oh, the Lions. The Lions beat the Cardinals 26-3. Bit of an upset there. I think Matt Patricia... Uh, maybe, you know, he gets to live to see another day after that, right? He's still the coach, I would assume. I don't know. Seahawks, 31 to th uh, 38 to 31 over the Cowboys. I was right about that one. The Green Bay Packers beat the Saints 37 to 30. Correct. And the Kansas City Chiefs dominated the Baltimore Ravens on Monday Night Football 34 to 20. Correct on that one. Which means, uh, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 1, 2, 3, 11 and 5. I had 11 correct, 5 incorrect. You still probably, I don't know, don't, don't gamble on any of this stuff. This is not for gambling purposes, but I mean, if you did, you'd probably make a couple of bucks going with, uh, going with some of my picks here. Uh, what's today? Well, we've already had the... Uh, we've already had the, uh, the, 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 the Jets and the Broncos. I would have certainly picked the Broncos over the Jets. I'm not going to count that, but I, you know, I certainly would have picked them. Uh, you know, I was right. I, I'm going I'm to call that a win for me. I got that right. This is still the Sunday Night Football theme? Holy shit. These are like... I've never heard these parts before. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Uh, so the Broncos beat the Jets. I would have picked that. Uh, what do we have today? Chargers and Buccaneers. I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jaguars and Bengals. The Who Gives a Shit Bowl. 
you know what? I think Cincinnati's going to get their first win. I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. God, this is weird to hear this. Like, you don't, you don't hear this part of the song too, too often. It's like, interesting. The, the Browns and the Cowboys. Who will emerge victorious? I'm going to go with the... Ah. Oof. You know what? I'm going to go. I can't believe I'm picking the Browns. That's a bad pick. I'm going to regret that, I'm sure. But I'm going to go with the Browns. I, you know, come on. Oh, that's such a that's a terrible pick. Oh, well. Uh, Saints and Lions. I'm picking the New Orleans. New Orleans. Saints. Seahawks. Wow, the Saints are 1-2. and two. Interesting. Seahawks head to Miami to face the Dolphins. And I think... Despite the long travel, the Seahawks will emerge victorious and move to 4-0. The Battle of the Beltway, the Washington football team as yet to be named TBDNA football team faces the Ravens of Baltimore. Hey, that was it? Oh, okay. That's That just ended abruptly, but we got this tune. Alright, so I'm going to go with uh, the Ravens, definitely. Washington stinks. Ooh, the Cardinals-Panthers, that's a tough one. I'm going to pick the Arizona Cardinals. That's my pick. The 0-3 Vikings meet the 0-3 Texans, which means somebody's going to get a win. Unless, of course, it goes to a tie, because you can have ties in the NFL. That's the fun part. Hey, who doesn't love a good old-fashioned tie? Uh, Vikings, yeah... I think the Vikings are better than their record indicates, which is a stupid thing to say, but Rams, Giants, please, give me a break. The Los Angeles Rams. Colts, Bears. Ooh. Hmm. This is going to be a good one. This is the game to watch, I think, which, of course, is the game that we won't be getting in my local TV affiliate. I, I think this is going to be a great game, and I think the... Bears will win this game against the Colts. The Colts? The Colts. Did I say Colts? I meant Colts. Like a horse, not like a, you know, 45 supporter. Uh, Bills Raiders. Whew. That's going to be real exciting. And I do believe I'm going to pick the Buffalo Bills. Eagles and 49ers. That's a no-brainer, I think. San Francisco will win pretty easily. Cam Newton has COVID, so the Patriots will play tomorrow and not today against the Chiefs. And I, sorry, Patriots, Chiefs are going to get this one. There's no stopping Patrick Mahomes. And then finally, the Green Bay Packers and the Atlanta Falcons. Please, are you kidding me? On the actual Monday Night Football game, uh, there's no question that the Green Bay Packers, that's, I mean, who the hell is going to pick? That's is one. If you pick the Falcons, you could win a, a zillion dollars. Anyways, the Packers will win. Those are my picks for the week. All right. Let's move things along here. Je veux. Je veux un chien. Translated means I want a dog. That's the name of this song. By Yell. Yelle? Y-E-L-L-E. 
Who doesn't want a dog? I don't want a dog. I never want a dog. My kids... Like, well, they want it. Yeah. They've wanted pets for a long time. And it ain't happening. It will happen. Just... Not yet. They need to really be old enough to make it so that I don't have to do a goddamn thing with those pets. Not one of those like, we promise we'll walk it and we'll feed it and we'll do it. And then, uh, and then it's like the parents are stuck with it. Uh uh. Un animal. Je ne veux pas un animal dans le house. How do you say house? I forgot that. Maison. Uh, je ne veux pas une maison dans <laughs> un chien dans le maison. Dans me, dans me maison. I, I don't know. I've lost all the French. Oh, what a useless language. What a completely useless language to have studied throughout high school. <laughs> or at least I should have uh, pursued it to the point where I can be fluent and I can just switch it on and I know it and I'm good at it. So that it's at least like, okay, I can put this on my resume. Not that it's ever going to serve any purpose, but anyway. Uh, my kids right now, they have enough animals. They have Beanie Boos. They have many, 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 many Beanie Boos. And those are like animals. They're they're little weird creatures with big eyes. And, uh, and the kiddos love them. And right now they're having a Beanie Boo casino in the room next door. In the playroom slash office slash guest room. Slash one of the many rooms that I pay for and have no real access or no real access to or use of. Ninety uh, percent of this place has been commandeered by my kids, so I have this little I have this little nook where I do a podcast, and that's good enough. But at least I don't have un chien. I do not want. Je voudrais soixante croissants, mais je ne veux pas un chien. Ever. But it'll happen eventually. Uh, so they're having this Beanie Boo Casino, and I walked... The Beanie Cassini. Beanie Cassini. Beanie Bikini Cassini. And, uh... It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty incredible. They put on YouTube... They have, like, two hours of casino music that they put on. And listen to. And they set up all these different areas of their casino... And they were giving me this whole, the kids were giving me this whole narrative of what was happening with the Beanie Cassini. And one of them flipped over a table, so there's these two that are in the infirmary within the casino. There's a hospital for when Beanie Boos get angry and flip tables over. And so the, the other Beanie Boos, the table fell on, uh, are in the, getting receiving the medical treatment that they deserve. Uh, the casino music's playing, they've got decks of cards. Uh, chips. They've got playing chips, little you know things that they took out of board games that'll that will never be able to figure out which ones they go to. I'm sure uh, being used to being used for all the different casino games. And I walked in and I <laughs> I uh, I was like, wow, this is great. What's going on here? And they, they showed me the casino and everything that's happening. And then there was a beanie boo off to the side. And I was informed that that Beanie Boo is hiding because they're ashamed, because they're a degenerate gambler. They have a gambling addiction and do not want uh, the rest of their family to see them at the casino. So they're hiding in the corner off to the side playing one of the games so they can't be discovered. And then there was, uh, and then Cam informed me that one of the dealers 
had to leave the casino. There was a Beanie Boo out in the hallway, and that dealer was in rehab because they were addicted to crack. So they were smoking too much crack, and my kids know about crack. I'm, I'm probably from me. Every so that's the thing. Every time I'm like, "How do you know? How do you know what these things are?" They're like, "You told us." Like, oh, I told you about crack. Yep. Oh, well, I don't really know anything about crack. So what? What did I tell you? It's a, it's a drug. It's bad. I'm like, okay, well, that's true. That's about all I know about it. <laughs> don't don't do crack. Crack is whack. Uh, so yeah, so there's a there's a beanie. Tell uh, a, a dealer, a casino dealer, who's out, who's out for the time being with a crack addiction, and uh, but this is these are the same kids who play uh, who play trash Barbies. They take out Barbies. They take out Barbies and they play trash Barbies. And I was I walked in the other day and they're playing trash Barbies, and one of the Barbies was uh, they had they stepped on a syringe. Because they're trash Barbies, so they live in trashy areas where there's syringes on the ground. And one of the Barbies, I think, stepped on a syringe, had to go to the hospital. So that's that's what happens. That's what my kids are. So my kids are playing trash Barbies with syringes and Beanie Boo casinos with uh, with crack addicts as the dealers. So it's you know, it's fun. It's it's fun. It's these imaginative kids. Oh, the worlds they create. Oh, the worlds of wonder that they come up with. It's just. Just incredible. Just so inspirational. Beanie Cassini, crack, syringes, trash Barbies, gambling addictions. Oh, the kids and their imaginations. Isn't it just isn't it just something? They just go off into these worlds of adventure and whimsy and crack and syringes and trash. Oh, they've been they've been wrapping up school and they they both of my kids have gotten really 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 good at using uh, iMovie on the phones on the iPhones and they they each have uh, disconnected iPhones that <clears throat> that work fine in the wireless but they you know they can't call or text or anything like that so they I gave them old iPhones of mine that they can use really just for taking pictures and and you know looking at YouTube and stuff like that. And uh, they've been making movie trailers for these Barbie movies. And the trailers... <laughs> I mean, sure, the Barbies have, like... Have their, have their shirts down. <laughs> Barbie has her shirt down around her boobs in half of the trailers. But from a, from a technical standpoint of putting together, crafting a really good video that's well-edited, it's... I'm so impressed. I'm so proud of them. Like, Wow. These trailers, these trash Barbie trailers are unbelievably good. I'm so impressed. You should, if it weren't so inappropriate, you should put it into a demo reel to send to some kind of, like, art school in the area to be accepted in some kind of, like, kids film program. No joke. Yeah, trash Barbies. I'm also proud of my kids. Uh, You know, they accomplished, over the summer... They watched every episode of The Simpsons, all 31 seasons, and just in time. I didn't think they were going to make it, but they just in time for last week's season premiere to start, which was like, I can't, it's still, still hard to believe that Bart and Lisa were the same age that I was and my sister, 10 and 8, when The Simpsons started, That I was the same age. My sister and I were the same age as Bart and Lisa. 
I'm two years older, so it was like, ah, oh, this is, you know. Because at, at first, the show was all about Bart. Yeah, he's a, he's a bad boy. Cowabunga dudes. Don't have a cow, man. Eat my shorts. And, uh, of course, it very quickly became more about Homer over the years. And, uh, and now it's just, and now it's odd that, that my kids are watching The Simpsons and are the same age <laughs> as Bart and Lisa, 10 and 8. Actually, not anymore. The youngest is 9, and the oldest is about to become 11. But they spent this, they spent the summer watching Simpsons episodes, all of The Simpsons episodes, because what else, what else was there to do? <laughs> and they also, I mean, in the meantime, they were trying to teach themselves Japanese and Russian and all this ridiculous stuff. But really, the most important thing is TV. So they watched, they watched a lot of Simpsons. And uh, yeah, and, then, and it was just crazy to be caught up on Simpsons and to have my kids be 10 and 8, watching every, finishing every episode of The Simpsons. They've now watched more episodes of The Simpsons. They haven't watched more Simpsons. I've, I've seen the episodes that I have seen, I've seen infinitely more times than they have you know the first those first 10 seasons or so uh but they've seen every episode and there's stuff the episode last week actually had a reference to uh the uh the crepes of wrath the episode from way back at the beginning of way 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 back early episode season 1 season 2 i think season 1 where bart went to france they had the exchange student thing and he was basically a a child labor laborer Making uh, squishing grapes and working in the in this winery, this chateau, and these two scumbags, and there was a reference to those two guys on last week's season premiere of The Simpsons of season thirty-two, and I said, "Oh, it's the guys from the from the Crepes of Wrath," and then both of my kids said, "Yeah, but they've been in other episodes." I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, there's they appear in in multiple other episodes." I'm like, "You're kidding me?" Yeah, they're in they're in several others. I'm like, "I I didn't know that." And now my kids know things about The Simpsons that I didn't know because I've I've watched uh, very sporadically the last twenty or fifteen, I guess. Season I, first fifteen seasons I I know pretty well and watched pretty much all of them. And then yeah, somewhere around two thousand six, maybe two thousand seven, two thousand I don't know. Uh, well, I, yeah, somewhere in the in the early two thousands, I wasn't it wasn't must see for me anymore as it wasn't for a lot of people. Uh. But yeah, my kids have watched them all, so now they know stuff that I there's references, and I don't I don't know them, and it's it's phenomenal. I'm so proud of all the things they've done this summer to be productive, and to and to enrich their minds. That's all fine. Trying to learn languages and doing all these things and being artistic and creative and making videos and making all the the songs that I've played on previous podcasts. There's a million more of those, and I can't even keep track of them. They make music, they make movies, and they you know all the reading and the art and all the stuff that they've done over the summer, nothing has made me more proud as a father than the fact that they've watched. They have. They can say that they've seen every single episode of The Simpsons. I don't know how many people can say that. Probably not many, to be honest. So, good for them. I'm. I'm so proud. I have to take a break. I got to get some water, and I'll be right back with more Birthday Boy podcast. Oh yeah, back on the podcast. This is Moscow Man with What Do We Care featuring Tom Sanders, Teleman. Teleman? Oh, there he is. Just jumps right in there. He just jumped right in. I was trying to listen, Teleman, Moscow Man. 
trying to intro your song. Anyway. We were not speeding through the towns yesterday. Took a nice Saturday leaf-peeping drive. Uh, holy shit. Unlike anything I've ever seen. Trying to get out of the house a little more this week because it's this is this is the weather finally. We had a little taste of it in September and then it went away and the hot, humid came back last week. And now the now the fall temps are here. So man, Thursday night. The oldest and I went into Boston right after after work was done. Hopped in the car. Unfortunately, the traffic is uh, it's a little heavier now than it was a month or two ago but so it took a little bit longer to get into town so we had to enjoy the sunset from the car as we were driving into boston and and figuring out where we were going to park i didn't i didn't really know we just kind of drove around by the time we parked the sun had gone down unfortunately and i could i tried to get out of work at five and i got out of work at 5 30 and the sun sets at like 6 20 so it didn't give us a lot of there we didn't stand a chance getting to watch the sun go down but that's okay because man uh, we parked in Beacon Hill, found a great spot because there's still great parking available, even in a in a rush hour situation. And we headed over to the the Charles River Esplanade, and we sat on the water, and the sun had already gone down, and it's just it's it's almost it's, it's unfair to other cities how beautiful the sky. I've never seen anything like it, and there's beautiful skies everywhere, right? plenty in New Hampshire and in all of New England and New York and, and Florida was great sunsets with the you know big puffy clouds and things like that and everybody has great sunsets but I've just never seen anything as consistently perfect as Boston sunsets and sunrises it's pretty amazing so so we sat on the edge of the uh we sat on the edge of the, the, you know, the, whatever, the dock, and just, man, enjoyed that beautiful fresh air. Smells so good, so fresh. Oh, my God. And the uh, the evening glow of twilight and the, the reflection of the the buildings on the water, the, the ducks, the geese, all that shit. It was so nice. I just walked around, walked across the Longfellow Bridge about, about halfway in, and then came back, walked up to, uh, through Beacon Hill, and then up to... Uh, Ordered some food, some quick sushi online. Ran up to Zen Garden, or whatever it's called, by the State House. And uh, yeah, and then we sat in Boston Common and ate a big tray of sushi. And walked back to the car and drove through the city a little bit at night. Just listening to tunes, driving around. Cam specifically asked to listen to the Sweeney Todd sound, you know, the Johnny Depp Sweeney Todd soundtrack, which is one of my favorites. My favorite soundtracks, my favorite songs, my favorite, I mean, you know, it's it's been featured here in the podcast when the Womax uh, took on uh, Womax took on Broadway, Broadway style, Womax style, whatever it is. They love those Sweeney Todds, so the kid asked for Sweeney Todd by name specifically. Uh, it was a lovely car ride home, and then yesterday we took a, you know, got up. Well, we didn't get up any earlier than we normally do at the usual 6.37 on a Saturday and got dressed and showered and blah, blah, blah. I got in my nice uh, my nice navy blue. I got some new business casual pants. 
the most comfortable pair of shoes I've ever owned. These uh, some new Chucks. I've been I, I've always thought I would look stupid in Chuck Taylors and that they wouldn't they wouldn't be right on me. But these are and everybody says they're so uncomfortable. And so I've been put off uh, buying Chuck Taylors my whole life. And then I uh, my kids have them, and they, they look they just they look comfortable. You know, Mister Roger, they look comfortable. So I got a pair for next to nothing and uh it's it's so that's such a comfortable shoe i don't know what i mean i'm not gonna run a marathon in them i bought i bought two because i don't buy shoes i don't buy clothing for myself any money that i'm gonna spend on clothing i usually put it towards video games and then i wear the same crappy dress slacks and dress shirts that i just rotate i, I have like the same five dress shirts and <clears throat> you know a couple pairs of dress pants that I wear to work. So Monday through Thursday. And, of course, being in a pandemic, I certainly haven't bought any clothes because I haven't been in the office since March, as most people haven't. And uh, But even then, I would have, you know, I have a, a solid blue dress shirt, a solid white dress shirt, a couple of, uh, you know, patterned uh, plaid dress shirts, and then another, uh, yeah, and then, and then a couple pairs of slacks. And a pair of jeans for Friday, if that's the if, if if I work in an office that has that casual Friday environment, and uh, and then and maybe a short sleeve polo to wear on Friday with the jeans to be a little more casual, and that's about it. And they kind of it's the same rotation, and then they go in the laundry, and then I do it all over again. And uh, and I realize I really need to start. I need some new clothing. I haven't really. The last real kind of clothing shopping spree was maybe 2008, where I really said I'm gonna I'm gonna get a bunch of argyle sweaters. I'm gonna have a bunch of new button-down shirts, new slacks, new pants, and and really I haven't you know I've purchased things since then. Of course, the the clothing I'm wearing I wear currently to work is not from 2008. It's it's from the last year or so. But yeah, it's just it's enough. So I needed I needed some new some new threads. So. Yeah, I, I tell you, got some nice, comfortable. I've got these pants now, these comfortable pants, several pairs. I just I bought multiple different colors and different, you know, or or two of the same color, so I just have multiple of these pants because they're just they fit perfectly, which is not for a guy my height and my size. It's not easy to come by uh, pants that fit perfectly. They're either too wide or too long, and uh, you know, because short fat guys they don't make they they don't. Make, they make pants for tall guys and fat guys and tall fat guys, but like short fat guys, that's not as easy to get. So that's the other reason, as I'm I, often clothing, shopping for clothes is a frustrating experience. Too big, too small. That's what I get. So I, I was able to I was able to f- secure some pants that are absolutely they feel like pajamas. They feel like they almost like sweatpants. They're so comfortable. I wear shorts all the time, and I realize the reason is maybe it's not because I love shorts so much. It's just I hate all of my pants, and now I have pants. I was actually wearing pants at work the other day. I was wearing pants that I would wear to the office sitting at home at work because they were so comfortable. A nice pair of navy blue pants with my slippers <laughs> and, uh, and, a nice, and a nice quarter. I got a couple of Nautica quarter zips I'm very, very pleased with. A, a, couple, a fall color, a nice orange. A delicious orange, an ocean blue, and a a sky blue. A couple, and it's just that's just we're just getting started. We're just getting started. A couple of nice, got a couple of those nice sweaters. You know, like a Clark Griswold type sweater. 
that you'd wear, like smoking a pipe and reading, you know, reading the paper at night, that kind of thing. Got a couple of those. I'm very, I'm very excited. I'm so excited for fall and winter with my new, my new fall and winter wardrobe. <laughs> What's the point of that? Oh, anyway, so I, so I put on my, my orange, because we were going to peep leaves as we do the first Saturday of October pretty much every year. Or Sometimes it's the first Saturday. Sometimes it's Columbus Day. Sometimes it's both. Uh, the first the first few years that we lived here, we drove 2015 and 16 and 17, we drove out to New York. So that was our leaf peeping, was driving through Vermont, which is you can't beat Vermont, and then the Adirondacks. That's, the, that's heaven. That's you want to see the leaves and beautiful scenery and quaint country living. That's that's it, man. That's as good as it gets. Anywhere, anywhere, ever. Uh, and uh, and then 2018. I don't know. I don't know if we. I don't know what we did. I guess I guess the last yeah the last two years we just drove up into the the mountains here in New Hampshire, and then yesterday did the same. And it's been either Columbus Day or the first weekend of the year. Yeah, last week, last year we did it. The first Saturday we drove up into the White Mountains, drove on the Kankamagas Highway, which is the, that's the one that everybody, that's the one they tell you to go to. Like, ah, it's the most scenic drive in New England. It's the most scenic drive in the, for leaf peeping in the country. It's top 10 in the entire United States for leaves or the entire, you know, like the Blue Ridge Parkway is, is one of them. And there's a few others. And uh, Kankamagas is great. It's, it's really, really pretty. Um, eh. You know, we go there because there's lots of good places to stop off and hang out in streams. But sometimes, last year we went the first Saturday of October, and I thought, oof, boy, it's a lot of traffic. Boy, oh boy, was I wrong. Last year we went up, and it was it was a little stop and go, a few little bottlenecks here and there with people stopping off, particularly at the beginning, because people don't know how many chances they're going to have for stopping off. There's a million vistas and views, and everybody wants to stop off at the very first one because they think, well, what if there's no other ones? There's a million others. So once you get past that bottleneck, it's like, okay. And we, we went and we stopped, and we this was last year. We stopped and we enjoyed the stream that we went to this past summer, and it's just gorgeous, and it was relaxing. It was nice. We stopped and had lunch somewhere on the way home, I think. I, anyway, it was great. And this year... And yeah, the first year here, I think we went up to to Laconia and like Weir's Beach in that area. Traffic was re- it was all reasonable. Yesterday, he said, "Okay, we do the same thing, just like we did. We did first Saturday last year, first Saturday of October this year. We're gonna go up. Got up, left way earlier, nice and early. Got on the road, and it was it took an hour longer to just to get to the exit, and then we sat in tr- exit traffic for another." maybe 10 or 20 minutes and then we got over the, the overpass and saw the traffic once we got off and saw like it's going to be another this should be like 10 or 20 minutes to get there it's going to be an hour at least maybe two hours just to get to the Kankamegas highway the kank as it's called and i said what are we doing we're in we're in the mountains it's not like there's just one road where you can see the leaves it's all around us let's get the hell out of here so we drove a little bit further north, and then of course around Franconia, Franconia Notch area, where the the old man in the mountain, you know, the the, the man in the mountain that's on all the New Hampshire license plates and things, uh, who has since crumbled to pieces. I tell you a story about that one in a bit. Anyway, up in that area, it goes from two lanes to one lane, which is bad enough in the best of times. And yesterday, once we got up there, and there's a cop directing traffic for whatever reason, telling people to get out of, to merge, like, okay, thanks. 
it was it was un it was as I explained in a social media post. If you took Boston's rush hour traffic, combined it with Friday night traffic in New England in the summer, where everybody's trying to get to the beaches and the mountains, added in uh, what else did I say? Add in leaf peeping traffic, and then combine that with a global pandemic where there's nothing else to do on a Saturday. You can't go to football games. You can't go to sporting events. You can't go to the movie theaters and all these other, I mean, you can, but not, you know, not in Massachusetts as much, I guess in New Hampshire you can, but uh, nobody's doing that. So there's nothing else to do. There's no other activities. Going up into nature is the only thing and everybody's doing it. All of Boston, all of Massachusetts and Rhode Island and Connecticut. And I saw New York plates. I saw Connecticut. I'm like, what the hell is Connecticut doing here? What the hell is New York doing here? But I saw all these plates. Like, New York, you have the Adirondacks. What the hell are you doing up here? Anyway, it took so goddamn long just to finally get past that traffic. But then once we did, it was fantastic. It was perfect. It was great. We got off and it was nice because it forced us to go to these different locales off the beaten path, which we haven't, you know, we've explored the White Mountains to some degree, but not nearly as much as as Kimmy and I used to drive around the Adirondacks and things like that. So it was, this was exactly what I've been wanting to do, which was just, just go get lost, to get off the exit somewhere, off the highway, get past the crowds and just go kind of get lost a little bit, which we really didn't, you know, New Hampshire's a pretty narrow straight, so you, a narrow state, so you can't really get like super lost. In New York, you can just go deep into the Adirondacks and be so, so, so far from civilization. Same with Maine too, I'm sure. New Hampshire, you know, as, as the farther north you go, it's it's pretty skinny. It's pretty narrow. So eventually, you're just either you're either gonna find a highway or you're gonna get into Vermont. So it's not really like you can't go. You can go pretty deep, but not too deep. You can always you always kind of have a good sense of where you are and how to turn around and get back to things. And uh, so, you know, we just drove around. Like, fuck it. We'll just drive around. And and everybody has a phone with GPS, so it doesn't even matter. Who cares if you get lost? It's You're never lost. Even when you're lost, you're not lost. So we just... I, I didn't turn on the GPS once because I was I was out of my Verizon data until today is, is the refresh for my data, which I have drastically dropped my data plan since I'm just... All I need is Wi-Fi now. I'm not driving to work. I'm not, you know... If I'm at the office, I'm using data all the time, but... I'm home, so I'm on Wi-Fi. So I've I've just reduced my data plan to like nothing. So it runs out very quickly, and we had no data. So I just I turned off data, and we just went into the mountains, and drove around, and man, we saw. I mean, we saw just like a rain. We there was a, there was rain, and there was sun, and there was cold, and there was warm, and it was a little of everything. Very felt very uh, very very much like a Norway drive kind of day yesterday, and uh, stopped off and saw. I mean, saw a rainbow basically hitting an entire mountainside with with the trees lit up with the the autumn colors and then the rainbow colors from the from the rain and the sun stopped at just these little random areas little bridges and streams and this little uh beaver pond beaver brook pond in woodstock new hampshire walked out onto a big rock it's just it's gorgeous the water that's a it was it was fantastic. I was really pissed at first, and I was screaming and yelling, and then I but then I made the most of it because we'd be in traffic, and I would roll down the window, and there's a, you know two lanes of traffic, and there's cars next to us, and anytime I would see a car with their windows rolled down, I would look just straight ahead like I was talking to 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 my family, and I would just I would say things like like oh my god, I don't I'm not gonna make it. I have to poop so bad. I have to poop so bad. Oh my god. 
I'm gonna shit. I'm gonna shit. I'm gonna poop it in my pants. Yeah, just, you know, whatever. Stuff like that. The kids made signs, things like, uh, you know, driver has gas, that kind of thing, with an arrow pointing to me that they put in the window for other other passersby to see. It was good fun. We, had, we made the most of it. It was good fun. And then we came back, and we had, oh, ordered Red Arrow Diner food. I love it. You can just order online, and I can go, and they have a window. I just drive through. I tell them my name. They hand me my bag. There's, you know, no contact really whatsoever. Uh, and then I'm out of there. And we had pancakes and French toast sticks and French fries. And, oh, my God, it's just such a good end to the day. I still got in my 10,000 steps. I went for a real long walk after pancakes. Uh, now I'm thinking I haven't eaten yet. It's 1 o'clock. I have not eaten. Uh, ten, 10 seconds till the Red Zone channel. I'm all over the place. I got my screens. I've got Fox for NFL. Three, two, one. The Red Zone channel is on. The whole Sunday of football. ESPN, I've got the NFL Network, I've got CBS, I've got Fox, and I've got the Red Zone Channel. One, two, three, four, five, five screens. Uh, once this podcast is done, I'm going to take these screens, and I'm going to sit and I, I'm probably going to play some video games while I watch some football, because that's what Sunday is for. Uh, so anyway, so it was a great drive. It was fun. It was really nice. Uh, a lot of wasted time sitting in the car, which really pissed me off. And I and I and I get so I'm such a baby, you know. The wife's trying to keep everything positive, like, hey, you know, we're stuck in traffic. So is everybody else. No big deal. But I've I've been fighting traffic for so much of my life, my adult life, for so long. Really, since I'm about 18 years old, have I been fighting rush hour traffic? When I first went to my first job at KB Toys, which, you know, is fighting traffic there, fighting traffic to school, fighting traffic. Just, it's always, it's been an endless struggle with rush hour traffic. And so, and the Boston traffic of the last five years of being up here is so, it's it's rated the worst traffic in America. It's worse than D.C., it's worse than New York, it's worse than L.A., and I believe that because I've never experienced anything. As bad as those places are, Boston is so horrendously bad. As they say, Boston's an hour from Boston, right? Boston's an hour drive from Boston to Boston. And that's factual because it has taken me an hour to get from my parking garage to just across the Zakem Bridge, which should normally take maybe 10 minutes at the most and has taken 45 minutes to an hour in the past. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. So I'm at the point now where even though I don't, I haven't had to commute anywhere since March and for months, for really the year prior to that, my commute to Boston was pretty minimal. It wasn't every day. Uh, but man, I still know what that's like and traffic just pisses me the fuck off and I can't, I have such a low tolerance for it now after all these years of being stuck in it. So when we get up into the mountains where it's supposed to be light traffic, even during leaf season, it's never really been that bad. And so when we get up there and it's gridlock and it's hours of traffic and it feels like we're in Boston on a rush hour day on a Friday in the summer, uh, then I lose my mind. So I'm just yeah, and and then I just say ever, and then I just I just go off on everything. I just I, I hate I hate people. I hate New England. I hate this place. I hate I hate these crap. The mountains are overrated up here. We got these leaves. This orange. There's the color orange. You want to see orange? Get a get a marker out and put an orange on your paper. Look out the back window because we have the the, the leaves in our <laughs> the leaves where we are t- turn the same colors as these ones. 
and I just start flipping out. I'm like, this is such a waste of time. This is so, I'm like, I hope wherever, uh, whatever this line of traffic is for, I hope it's so everybody, I hope at the end of this line is a time machine so we can go back to eight o'clock this morning and not make this horrendous decision. And I'm just, yeah, so angry and I'm just yelling and then of course it trickles down to the back seat and then the oldest child is like this sucks this pisses me off this fucking traffic oh what are these people doing I'm like and then I'm like okay okay I'm like listen listen daddy says things you know I say things I, I'm not I don't mean what I say I don't hate New England and I don't hate New Hampshire I love New Hampshire I love New England I love Boston I love going to the mountains and these drives and the fresh air and the country and the woods and the leaves and the lakes and the ponds and all this. I love it. I love this. I said, sometimes I have to say things that just make me feel better to say them. Just like when I'm in my, in my evening commute coming home from Boston and I start screaming, I hate Boston. I hate this piece of shit city. I hate everyone in it. I hate New Englanders. They're stupid. I hate New Hampshire. I'm going to move. I don't care. I'm going to move somewhere. I get out of here. I can't stand this place. But I don't mean that. I fucking love it here. It's, the, it's so great. We're, our back door is a gateway to Boston, to the ocean, to the beach, to the mountains. It's everything. Everything you want. You've got it. Lakes. You name it. It's right here. I love this place. But sometimes I just have to yell. You know, like when I'm getting angry at video games. I yell at the video games. I hate this. I fucking hate this game. And then eight hours later, I'm I'm still playing it. And I'm like, ah, oh, this, this game's so good. It's so good. I, I love this game so much. And that's me. I flip-flop all day, every few minutes, every few seconds. I hate this, I hate that, and then I like it, and then I love it. And that was yesterday. And then once we got through it, I was good. And we're driving home, and there's no traffic on the way home. And uh, I was like, man, that was just great. That was so nice. Wasn't that so nice, guys? Did you like that? Wasn't that And then Kim said, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, isn't it nice? We're on our way home now. Wasn't that a nice trip? <laughs> I said, yes, I'm happy to be headed home, but I'm I'm happy that it wasn't. I was worried that it was really just going to be us sitting in gridlock all day and to such a degree that we wouldn't be able to appreciate what we saw. But it was nice. We had a nice trip. And then we decided, and the irony is, we were going to go to Vermont. So that's not too far. But I said, eh, you know what? The drive to Vermont, it's, that's going to take X amount of time versus it's only going to take an hour and a half to get to where we want to go in New Hampshire. So let's let's cut the travel time in half and just go see the leaves in New Hampshire, you know, go up to the mountains in New Hampshire, explore that, and we'll do Vermont some other time. And then the irony is that it took just as long, if not longer, than if we had just gotten in the car and headed straight to Vermont. So, but we decided next Saturday we're going to go to Vermont. So that'll be fun. That'll be nice. I love it. Some people are like, no way. I'm not doing the leaf peeping thing. But for me, that's like, I'll, I'll take the leaf peeping traffic over the beach traffic any day. So I'm happy, and I love Vermont. is so fucking great. Oh my god, uh, what a if if Vermont if Vermont had the uh, had the ocean front. If they if they swapped New Hampshire and Vermont, and everything in Vermont is exactly the same, but they put it where New Hampshire is, so you get some coast some coastline and a proximity to Boston. Uh, then Vermont is a perfect state, as many would say on the West Coast. If Colorado had coastline, it would be a perfect state. Because it has the mountains, it has the fresh air, it has all this scenery, but the you know it's landlocked, so it's. But anyways, so right now I'm in New Hampshire. Look, New Hampshire, I make fun of New Hampshire all the time. It's such a great state. I it's such a good state to live in, and on top of that, 
we were in full-on Trump country yesterday. You know, once you get north of basically here, it's it's kind of, you know, New Hampshire was blue in the last election, but really uh, there are a couple of big cities in New Hampshire that were in Nashua, Manchester, I think, maybe a couple other little areas on the coast. And then once you get up into that north country, up into those mountains, that's it. That's that's as as red as uh, as red as b- blood pie, apple pie with blood in it. Red blood pie, something I don't know. Uh, but man, and and that's the one thing when we get off, I, I just kind of like I did a, took a deep breath. I said, all right, here we go. We're getting off the exit. This is uncharted waters here, and uh, I don't know. <laughs> get ready because we are. We were in Trump country, and uh, I'll tell you what, we saw like two Trump signs. We saw dozens. I'm not even joking. I took a bunch of pictures. Biden-Harris every every few feet. I thought, holy shit. This, we're, I, black, not just Biden-Harris, Black Lives Matter signs. I mean, like, stuff that you would expect to see certainly in Massachusetts and in Southern New Hampshire, where we are pretty blue areas, but to actually be driving around in the mountains in the North country, where believe me, these are areas that do not have uh, anyone who looks different than the people who live there. It's pretty homogenous little areas up in those, uh, up in the mountain towns. And uh, man, Black Lives Matter signs, Biden-Harris signs everywhere. Dozens of them. Dozens and dozens. It was unreal. I couldn't believe it. So that was another another bonus on top of that. <laughs> Not to get political, but fuck it. Uh, I've done it before. And uh, so that was nice. I have a bunch of stuff I was going to rant about. Who cares? You know what Trump's up to. He's, you know, fucking, fucking. It's just, it's amazing to me. I'm not going to talk about a lot of this stuff that I've written down because who's who even has time for it anymore? The, the debate this week was a was a <laughs> complete disaster on his part. I mean, it was just a disaster for everybody. But it was really you know to be this jackass going going the route of I'm just gonna it, it, it's it's the equivalent of when somebody just starts repeating what another person says just to get under their skin. Like that episode of The Office where Michael Scott does that to Charles, to Idris Elba's character, Charles. And everybody's like, Michael, stop it. Stop it right now. And he's just repeating like a like a baby. He's just repeating everything that he's saying. And, uh, yeah, that was Trump just, like, just jumping in everywhere. No, he's lying. Everything's a lie. Hey, Sleepy Joe. Sleepy Joe. And then to watch Biden just tell him to sh- <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> Call him a clown. <laughs> It was, it was still you don't want you know it's, it shouldn't be like that for anybody but to to hear him say that was was lovely and I, th- I think it's funny too like this this clown has basically been portraying a businessman character there's a reason he's in the WWE Hall of Fame because he knows how to play a character to such a degree that I don't think he knows what it would be like to be an actual human. He plays this businessman character. I remember, like, I used to love watching The Apprentice. Particularly, I didn't watch The Apprentice. I watched The Celebrity Apprentice because that was a great show. That was a fun show to watch. To watch, you know, celebrities just go at it with each other, competing in these contests and these these projects. You're gonna do a project, and 
and it was just to listen, you know, to watch them fight with each other was great and see them get, you know, you fired, you fired, you get kicked off. And it was a fun show. But I remember watching and like, this is thinking like, this is, it seems like a, this is a fake boardroom. Like what, no actual boardroom would have a setup like this where you just bring in somebody and there's like, there's Trump and his advisors, oftentimes his children, you know, staring down this panel, this panel of douchebags staring at, you know, telling him why they're about to be fired. It's just ridiculous. And even tr- even on his Cisco phone system, he would have a picture of himself and it would say The Apprentice. And I thought, that's ridiculous. That's insane. But he would just, he would never say anything specific. He always would speak in these vague sort of generalizations. Say, like, the cater business is making deals. You got to make a deal. Make big, make big deals. I make the biggest deals. I make all the deals. I make the best deals. And he's just like, I'm like, well, what deals are you talking? What are you talking about deals? Business isn't just about like making deals. Yeah, there's, of course, there's, there's lots of deals that need to be made, but it's like, what are you specifically talking about? What deals are you talking about? You talking about real estate deals? You talking about like, you know, what deals do you make when you, when you sell bottled water and fail at that, or you sell steaks and you fail at that, or you open a casino and you fail at that? Like what? What are the deals that you're talking? What is what is the art of the deal? And that's that's just been his like his catchphrase. In addition to you fired, which became the catchphrase on the TV show, it was like, D- I make deals, I make deals, I make unbelievable deals. You don't, you can't believe the tremendous deals that I like. What what are you talking about? And he just wears the you know he wears the businessman's <laughs> you know the shirt and the the tie that hangs down to his tiny nuts, and then the fucking you know the long coat. Even when he's at WrestleMania, he's wearing the long... Like, he's just portraying a businessman, as people think. And, and he's fortunate enough, like, anybody who wants to portray a businessman, you can't you can't just, like, do it. This guy can do it because he was gifted... He was gifted an, an empire that somebody else created. And now he's that amount of money. He's that amount of money in the hole. Found out that he paid $750 in taxes. And now he's getting for free the best healthcare money can buy. Man, socialism is unbelievably good, uh, at least to the people who are against it. Uh, but I just, I always thought like, I remember t- in business school in 2004, which I think was the year that The Apprentice started, and I remember being in business school on a bathroom break, and like these guys we were talking about Trump. I don't know why, I guess because The Apprentice was on. We had a professor who loved The Apprentice and would talk about The Apprentice. Oh, The Apprentice, oh, Donald Trump, The Apprentice. And uh, I'm talking about, in 2004, how, like, he's not actually a good businessman. He's not a successful businessman. Even at that time, he had been, you know, so many bankruptcies and so many failed business attempts and all these things. Oh, not to mention the scam university. But I forgot about that one, too. I make so many deals. I trick kids into my coming to my college. And then they take a class, and these people come in, and then they have no, they were not accredited, and then it's bullshit, but they pay me. And that's a, that's a great deal for me. Like, okay. So he's talking to these kids in business school. In 2004, he's not like, he's not a good businessman. He's just, he's just this great self-promoter. He's great at marketing himself. Because what do you see on the side of his helicopter and his buildings and his fucking telephones and the TV? Like, Trump, 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 everything. Trump steaks, Trump water, Trump university, (laughs) Trump casinos, Trump Taj Mahal. And it's like, okay, you put your name on something. It's like Krusty the Clown. You just, you know, you slap your name on something. Okay. But there's no actual, 
you know, and I, and this was the thing too. And I remember, I remember back in 2004, like when I was getting my MBA, I remember thinking like, ah, maybe that's like kind of a kooky, crazy sort of fun, maybe it'd be fun to work for the Trump organization. I would go online. You can't, even now you can't find, there's no like application to work for the Trump company, right? Like you can, you can go online and find jobs at Bloomberg, for example, because that's an actual thing. That's a product. Bloomberg terminals are used in every in every bank, in every trading floor, every financial institution that does trading and the stock market and all that stuff. Who doesn't use a Bloomberg terminal? So you can you know, and you can go to you, you could be a representative for the company, you could be a salesperson, you could be a you know a technical person. Like, there's so there's you could go on and you can find jobs within the Bloomberg company. That's a human being. <laughs> Named Michael Bloomberg with his Bloomberg terminals. I'm on there. I'm on there right now. Bloomberg, we're hiring. There's hundreds of New York, London, Hong Kong. You know, there's a there's a million things. Michael Bloomberg developed a Bloomberg terminal, and he is a billionaire. He's a former mayor of New York City, so he's a politician, successful politician, successful businessman, and you can actually tangibly go and see his products in action, and you can go onto his website, and you can apply for a job with the Bloomberg organization. Like, that's a human being whose name is on all of the products and all the things, but you can actually see it in action. You can go, and then you go on the Trump organization, going all the way back to the, <laughs> to the 2000s, when you know late '90s and early 2000s, when online job applications first you know started becoming a, a popular thing, and there's nothing, there's nothing. You can't go on Indeed.com and apply, find like all these business, all these career opportunities. There's just nothing. So I just remember back then, and I would watch it, and I'd be like, God, and his douchebag kid Don Jr. with the slick back hair just looks like, you know, he looks like a parody, like a caricature of a businessman. Like the, he looks like the evil like coked up businessman's kid and he's you know like oh good one dad that's a, gr- that's a great point dad <laughs> father you know he's just like just a sleazy like greasy jackass like just like a classic like 80s business douche character and they all just seem to be playing these douche characters and then you and then you come to find out that's that's just them they are portraying these characters to the degree that you know it's there's so much fake business success and you know the financials are you know he's millions and hundreds of million dollars in the hole and owes all this money and paid no taxes and got all these breaks and just total sleaziness and he's such a horrendous business person but a great self-promoter and he's a great businessman he's a great leader because he's led so many successful companies has he he has oh okay well and and he said he was gonna run, gonna run the country like one of his like his businesses, which is has proven to be true. Because there's, there's two hundred eight thousand dead people, because the fuckface wouldn't wear a mask or do the right things or tell other people to wear a mask, and now the fuckface is in the hospital because he had a what could potentially be a super spreader event and got all these other fuckfaces sick, and then went to the debate knowing that the fuckface was sick and couldn't put a mask over his stupid fuckface. So yeah, it's, it's all all good fun. Good good fun year here in 2020. Oh man! All right, didn't take another break. Uh, I got some. Okay, got a few things. I'll take a break. We'll be right back. 
You have to understand, if you look, I mean, I have a mask right here. I put a mask on it when I think I need it. But I wear masks when needed. When needed, I wear a mask. Okay, let me ask. I don't don't wear masks like him. Every time you see him, he's got a mask. He could be speaking 200 feet away from it. He shows up with the biggest mask I've ever seen. President of the United States and the First Lady have both tested positive for the coronavirus. Every day when I walk down the street, I can feel the heat of the eyes. Oopsie. I wonder if uh, my quote-unquote friends who think the science isn't settled on masks. Actually, I know what I was going to say. I wonder what they think. I know what they think. They don't think. They still think it's unsettled. I still need more information. Only 200 plus thousand dead in the United States? Versus like a dozen in other countries? A couple hundred here? A few thousand? Which is still, I mean, those are all lives that are gone. And we, a million people have died. So a fifth of that has happened in this country. Are you crazy? But he's a great businessman. He's he's a businessman. He's going to run the country like a business. Yeah, that's the problem, dummy. That's why the rest of us with a brain voted for the other one. No matter how much we couldn't stand her. Raise my hand on that one. Fucking crazy. He's a great businessman. <laughs> yes, because there's, as he likes to use the term suckers, there's a lot of suckers out there. Luckily for him. And no, the veterans and the troops who serve in the military and who have served in the military and who have died serving in the military are not suckers. Or losers, you fuck. You orange racist twat. And no, I don't hope he dies from COVID-19 because I want him to live long enough because I want him to lose and I want him to feel it and feel like the fucking fat fucking loser that he is. And then I want him to go to jail. And go fuck yourself if you're going to vote for him. Okay? Because he's anti- everything except for himself the only thing he's pro oh he's he's religious he's pro-life no he's pro donald trump and that's it you fucking numb nuts the rest of us knew that in the 80s when he was walking around like a cheese ball gold everything i have gold my apartment is made of gold because gold is the finest thing and everybody loves gold all the times jeffrey epstein comes over he tells me how much he loves my apartments with the gold you fucking idiot. You fucking dope. You don't have to like the other guy, but just vote for him, please, for Christ's sakes. He's anti-LGBTQ. He's a fucking tax fraud. He's a fucking business fraud. He's a fucking fraud, fraud, fraud. That was gum. Air walking. I like that tune. What else? Uh, nothing else to talk about. Oh, here's one. Hold on. This is, you know, the gene pool is is rich uh, amongst the amongst the 45 cult members, uh, and here's some, and talented too. Here's some. Here's here's just one of the one of the many talented supporters of, uh, you know, I was calling myself the Corona Boy 
back in March. I guess I guess there's a new Corona boy, number 45, President of the United States, Bunker Boy, Corona Boy. Uh, but let's listen to one of his supporters with this incredible. Here's a really talented kid uh, doing some really talented stuff, musical talents like you wouldn't believe. Let's let's take a listen to this one. Let's see. Hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Here we go. that get in there <laughs> talented group really talented group i'm a bag of kids i'm a bag of kid. hey greta you're gonna flip your lid <laughs> oh man and you had the op but not like that was live you had the opportunity to edit that to go back to see that you were you know just uh, purely technically speaking uh it was a disaster you weren't even in time with the beats or anything like that it was just completely off uh, was was really a, a disaster from that point of view. The lyrics notwithstanding, and uh, you had time to you could go back, you could do it again, you could do it a million different times, and maybe she did. Maybe that was the millionth take. I don't know, but that's uh, you know that's probably the best and brightest right there. That's as good as you're gonna get from a from a maga kid. I'm a maga kid. My grandma's husband was also her kid. Holy shit! Yeah, the gene pool. Probably have one of those uh, New Hampshire last names that's everywhere, like LaRue and Levesque and Gagnon. Gagnon. Oh, man, it's really it's really the dumbest group of people you've ever seen. And it's it's laughably, like, the th just the irony of everything they say is is truly, it's, you just can't write this stuff. You can't write it. Oh, man. Everyone else is lying except this guy who who's a known pathological liar. I believe him. He's honest to a fault. Oh. Yeah. And then somebody uh somebody who has political leanings that are not the same as mine had a post about uh I don't care what your political things are, but at least uh, something it was something about at least be nice to people who vote differently from you. You don't have to like what they vote for, but the, it's like, well, yeah, that's normally the case. That's been the case, you know, for a for a very long time. Uh, you know, except for uh, you know, you've got people on one side of the aisle writing books about how liberalism is a mental disorder and you know the horrible things. But yeah, otherwise we've been pretty pretty fair and kind to each other. Uh, hey dumb, hey dumb bitch. Uh, it's not about. I don't like uh, being mean to somebody who votes differently than me. I'm being mean to somebody who supports a racist white supremacist who literally said, stand back and stand by. Stand back and stand by. I mean, are you kidding me? I'm not I'm not shitting on you because of how you vote. I don't care how you vote, but when you vote for this guy. Proud boys, stand 
back and stand by. Yeah. Fucking jerk off. Racist piece of shit. But don't be mean to me just because I voted differently from you. Just because I like the white supremacist and I'm anti-LGBT and I'm anti-choice and I'm anti-women's choice and I... uh, just because I like the guy who talks and brags about grabbing pussies and uh, puts the kids in the cages, you're mean to me because of that. And just because he gives a shout out to the Proud Boys and the very fine people, and you, you don't, and you make fun of me because I vote for him. That's not fair. You're not fair. You're mean. You're mean to me. And that's the one thing this whole summer of everything that's going on, of people dying of COVID and dying at the hands of the police and the injustice and everything else that's going on, and, that, and that's the one thing. It's not fair. You're mean to me because I voted for all the bad stuff. I voted for the doofus. You're mean to me. He's racist, and, and so what? That doesn't bother me. You should accept that and appreciate that, and you should respect me for it. Fucking twat. Anyway. So that's... That's it. That's why. That's why I've, I. I wasn't gonna do any of this stuff that I wrote down in the birthday boy podcast because I real. I went and looked. I'm like, oh god, it's all just, it's all just ranting about this crap. Let me take a quick break and I'll come back and I'm gonna rant some more. That's what I will do. Uh, yeah. There's more to come here on the birthday boy podcast. Stick around. Oh yeah, kick it. Of monsters and men. Visitor. Let's make this I like this tune. <sighs> so should we switch topics ever so slightly? I don't have much else to talk about, but I do want to... I was just thinking the other day. About... Uh... <laughs> I don't know what made me think of this. Back in the 90s, before I was 21, I thought of this place in Schenectady, New York. I think it was in Schenectady. Oh, you know what? Before I get to that, I have a little update. I talked to Shimo. I had I had updated you on the podcast a few weeks ago, talking about when I got Super Nintendo and how Shimo and I swapped systems. He borrowed my Sega Genesis. I borrowed his Super Nintendo. I had The game that I had rented for five days, I had a five-day rental on Super WrestleMania. Super WrestleMania, which I loved that game. I loved that game. Getting you, being able to play all my favorite uh, WWF superstars. It was such a great game. It was a terrible game, actually. It was fucking. It's a garbage game. I'm sure if I tried to pick it up now, it would be. A, I would play it for five seconds. But back then, in 1991 or 1992, it was great. And I rented it for five days, and I think I got maybe two days into the rental and Shimo bought Street Fighter 2 so he needed his fucking Super Nintendo back and then I bought Street somehow I got Street Fighter 2 before I even had a Super Nintendo and I would just sit there after delivering newspapers and I would come back and I would just stare at the cartridge the Super Nintendo cartridge and the little plastic sleeve that all the games went into I would thumb through the instruction manual I would look at the back of the box I would just stare at the box it was actually in many ways more torturous than not having the game because if you have a game and you don't have a console to play it on, you get you have not. You get, guess what you have? You have no game. You have nothing. So, <laughs> uh, but Shimo, uh, fade out this music. Yeah, he informed me that. Yeah, and now I remember that was it was Street Fighter Two that he got, and I had to give the 
I had to give the console back, and I was so fucking pissed. But it all worked out in the end. A few weeks later, I had my very own Super Nintendo playing my very own copy of Street Fighter 2, and it was very exciting. It was so exciting. I gotta wrap this thing up soon so I can get, get on to some video games here today on a beautiful Sunday, and I have 17% battery left. What are some of the scores? I've picked these games. I knew it. Ah, like Panthers are leading 14 to nothing. God damn it. Uh, LA is leading 14 to 7 over Tampa Bay. The Chargers, Cowboys, and Browns are tied. What else is happening around the league? Baltimore is. Okay, Baltimore is up. Looks like 14. Scored a touchdown. 7 to nothing. Okay, they're up. Th well, they're up 13 to nothing, and then point after. We'll make that 14-0. So there you go. You got that coming up. Uh, Jacksonville leads the Bengals 7-3 <laughs> in the second quarter. The second quarter, I'm missing all this football. I got to wrap this up. I was just, I was, speaking of characters, as like Trump plays a, a business character, I remember the first character that I sort of created out in the real world for myself was sort of a, like a working guy. Because I was, as I was about to say, there was a store in Schenectady, I do believe, if I recall correctly, yeah, it was Schenectady, called Cash and Carry, it was just called Cash and Carry. I mean, like, there's places that are Cash and Carries, but I think this place was literally just called Cash and Carry. Either way, I would go there when I was in my early days of when I was 18, 18, 19, I guess, uh, underage, couldn't drink. And, uh, you know, word spreads through the grapevine. Hey, there's this place, this cash and carry place in Schenectady. You can just go in and they're not going to card you. I thought, wow, that's pretty neat. I like I like the sound of that because I, at the time, I liked to uh, drink beer. Well, I didn't like to drink beer. I've never liked to drink beer, but I liked I liked the effects that it had on me. So I would go into the, uh, the cash and carry, but I realized... So, so all, my, all my friends were like, "Oh yeah, you can go there." Uh, Shimo and various other people were like, "Yeah, you just go in. They're not gonna they're not gonna check your ID. They're not gonna card you." And I thought, "Yeah, they're not gonna card you, and they're not gonna card you, and you're gonna get away with it." And I said, "I but I know my luck. They're gonna card me, and I'm gonna walk out of there empty-handed. I just know, I know what's going to happen because it's always my luck." So I didn't even bother to find out. I didn't bother to just walk in like a regular guy. I decided, like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sort of create this character, this working man character that I'm gonna come up with, and I would get just like a kind of nice dress shirt, a button-down shirt, whenever I wanted to go. The first time that I tried to go to Cash and Carry, I dressed reasonably presentable, nice pair of pants, nice pair of shoes, my my best shoes. I feel like I, the first time, I think I even put like a jacket on, like a suit jacket, and I went in. <laughs> Like a fucking as only only as obvious as one could be, and I went in, uh, you know, dressed nicely, presentable, and I pretended that I was just coming from the office. I was eighteen, maybe nineteen. I don't know, maybe seventeen. I don't remember. I think I don't think it was in high school. I think it was in like early days of college that you could go to this place, if I remember right. And I I made myself presentable. And uh, I, th I think actually the first time I went there might have been with Shimo. And Shimo went in and was successful. And I thought, wow, that's cool. But then there were times that I was, you know, I'm not with, I'm not with my friends all the time. And I, I want to get beer when I'm by myself. So that's when I started, like, creating this persona, this character of this office guy, working guy. And I would go in and uh, I would wear my nice pants, my nice shoes, a nice shirt, 
<laughs> one of the ties that my dad had tied for me because I just learned to tie a tie like seven years ago after my wife learned to tie a tie for me uh, because I'm a baby. And so this is late 90s. I would dress a nice little suit, nice jacket, and I would go in. Uh, and so the first time I went in, uh, they didn't. They didn't even. Yeah, nobody asked me for anything. I just bought the beer and left. And I thought, wow, that was great. But then I thought, well, what if I, you know, what if they recognize me, and I go at the same time? Because I went. It was like a whatever. It was like a Monday afternoon, like a four o'clock on a Monday or something like that. You know. And I'm hey, I'm coming after work. I'm just gonna get some beer before I head home. Great. Here you go. No, not gonna card you. Not gonna do anything. And uh, hey, the Browns up twenty-one to fourteen. By the way, a little uh, this little game break brought to you by Elio's Pizza, uh, and the Seahawks lead the Dolphins ten to six. Okay, so anyways, <laughs> so I went in the first time dressed like a just like a businessman of sorts, and uh, nobody carded me. Nobody gave a shit. They barely even looked at me. But then I thought, ah, you know, I I feel like what if they did notice what I was wearing, and if I go in next time. At the same time, I can't go in in the middle of the day. I can't go in at like eleven o'clock just wearing you know shorts and sneakers or flip flops or something. They're gonna then that's like, hey, what are you doing? I thought you were a businessman. What are you doing? And I could say it was my day off. I knew, anyway, so I said, okay, well the next time I go, I'm gonna dress nicely and get beer. And so the next time I went, I dressed in kind of the same thing, a nice shirt and the shoes and things and whatever, and went in and and they did. They said, uh, can I see some ID? I'm like, ah, I, well, you know what? I actually um. I left it at the office. Uh, I left it at the office, but I can I can run back there. It's like, you know, I should be back in like 30, 40 minutes. Um, I just, I think I left it in my drawer at my desk at work. I'm like, no, 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 don't worry. Forget it, forget it, forget it. We, you know, we'll make the sale now. Buy your beer. Just remember it next time. I'm like, okay. And then, uh, and then next time, next time I went there and I was, <laughs> and I was coming from, I don't know, just like dicking around. I, I don't know. I just, I was, I was out and about and I was just wearing these like, yeah, I was just wearing gym shorts and sneakers and I looked like, you know, I looked like a bum. Uh, but I went at the same time. It was, yeah, 4, 4.30 in the, in the afternoon and I, and I walked in without my, without my license. Like, uh, yes, I'm going to need to see some ID. I was like, oh, you know what? I actually, um, I'm just coming from the gym. I, I ran home real quick. I threw on these shorts and I ran to the gym. I did. A, I got in a quick workout. If you want, I can run home. But I, I'm just like my gym's right around the corner, and I just I just wanted to stop on the way home. And they're like, oh, okay, all right, no worries. Uh, just uh, just remember it next time. And then I would just I just kept. I don't know how many more times I went in. I mean, I think by the time I think by the time that the that this all wore off, I was 21. Or, or they think they had shut them. I feel like they got shut down for that very reason. I mean, it was pretty. I think it was pretty well known. You could go in there and just buy booze, and either not get carded or get carded, and then just make up a bullshit, weak ass excuse and say, "Oh my, uh, my license is in my left pocket, and I'm right-handed." Eh, eh, don't worry then. Just don't let it happen again. Uh, yeah, my my license is in my wallet, which is in my hand. But I was going to use the left hand to give you the cash to buy. So either I can take out my license or I can take out the cash. All right, all right forget it. Just give me the cash. Don't worry about the license. Just don't let it happen again. Oh, okay. Uh, my license is on the counter, but it's going to tell you that I'm only 19. So I don't want to do that because I want to buy this beer. All right, all right. Just, 
Just remember your just remember the license that tells me you're 21 next time, okay? Here, you know what? Let me help you out to the car. Let me load this beer. Let me load this booze in the car in your trunk for you. Oh, thanks, but it was just so easy. It was it was great. What a time to be alive. You just go to this place and they would just card you and you could say I don't have it and they say eh, I don't care. Or they wouldn't card you at all or they would card you and I I I'm probably remembering this wrong but I feel like there was a time that I even showed them my license with the big bold letters that say under 18 and I said okay that'll be 1350. <laughs> Let me help you out to your car. Let me carry this out to your car for you. Oh man. Whenever Shimo gets around to this episode, he'll probably have some more details about his own experiences. Or I, I know there was definitely a time that Shimo and I went together. And and I feel like he went in. The first time that I went with him, he went in and fucking came out with beer. And the guy was, I feel like the guy was helping him out to the car. Helping him to load this shit in the car. And I feel like, yeah. And I, and I know I went back a bunch of times with a different outfit and a different, you know, same persona. This character that I was... That I was cultivating here, that I was <laughs> developing <laughs> my businessman character, who sometimes goes to the gym, but always stops for beer on the way home. I'm sorry, I left my wallet in the thing. Uh, okay, well, just don't let it happen again. That'll be 1973. <laughs> Keep the change, pal. Here's a 20. <laughs> uh, yes, I don't have a license. Uh, that's all right. Just remember it next time. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> uh, all right. I've got one more quick thing to talk about. I'm going to take a quick... Do I have one more thing to talk about? Oh, yeah. I got one more last little thing. I'll be right back. Welcome back to the Birthday Boy Podcast. This is, um, it's called Just Like You, and it's by some dude, Gustafsson or Gustoman or something. Hold on, I'll tell you, I, I can tell you in a sec. Oh, Gustav. Gustav. My name is Gustav. I blow the roof off. The ladies, they call me Mr. Boostov. The biggity Boostov. The biggity Boostov. Just like you. Anyway. I thought it was funny. This is my last topic of the day. And it's a quick one. I, I keep... People who live... I have some friends who live in New York and they've never left the state and they don't know what it's like anywhere else. And so people who have never left New York think that it's the worst state, that it's the worst, it's the most expensive, it's the worst taxes and nothing is done and nothing happens and the roads are bad, which is true. The roads are terrible in New York. You, you know when you cross into New York state because the roads go from pretty good or really good to fucking terrible. Okay. So the roads aren't so hot. That's one of the trademarks. And yeah, it's it's not cheap to live there, but it's also it's kind of cheap to live there. Uh, I had a, I had a friend recently post on Facebook something to the effect of 
like it cost them 90 something dollars to renew their their New York vehicle registration for two years and I almost fell out of my chair when I read that I, I couldn't believe that because they were complaining about how expensive it was and I would kill to pay I would kill to pay double that for one year and I couldn't help but comment and let them know like oh my god that is such a reasonable price you don't even know but you haven't left the state so you have nothing to compare it to and that's the pro a lot of these people are like oh New York with his taxes all the time with taxes and everything's so expensive with taxes yeah there's taxes there's a lot of taxes and there's also I've got bad news for you there's a lot of taxes everywhere and I'll tell you what uh the vehicle registration thing. I remember that, and I remember how reasonable it was. And I remember moving to Florida and thinking like, ah, oh, this is great. It's gonna be so much cheaper to live here. The cost of living is lower. And uh, yeah, there's no state income tax and this and that. And it's just, I'm gonna be able to save so much money. And then you get there and you realize that that's not the case at all. Yeah, there's no state in into income tax. That's true. I kept, I did keep more of my paycheck. Uh, and the amount of house that I got for the rent was pretty great. Um, but I also know that if I had stayed there any longer and my children had to go to school where we lived, I would have any, any amount extra that I kept in my paycheck, any amount that I had saved uh, on my rent or my cost of living or any of this other stuff would have gone into private school. Or would have gone into moving to one of the other neighborhoods where it costs the same as it does to live in New York. And people, especially in upstate New York, because that's that's I lived there. I haven't lived in any other areas in New York, but I know the state in general is known to have good public schools pretty much everywhere. Not everywhere, but pretty much everywhere. Most places. And certainly where I'm from and where most of my friends are from and still live. And, uh, and we're complaining about $90, $90 of car registration, which is absurdly low. It's so, such a reasonable price to pay. It's unbelievable for two years. That's reasonable for one year. Uh, it's like people don't realize, like, I think just, you just take for granted that you have some of the best public schools in the country and the housing I used to think the house prices were so expensive in upstate New York, and they're so reasonable. They're so unbelievably reasonable. Because here in Nashua, they're not reasonable. And yet, for New Hampshire, or for, well, for New England, they are pretty reasonable. For New Hampshire, it's some of the most expensive. Uh, but if you go just a little bit uh, down the road across the state line into Massachusetts, you're going to pay way more. But also, if you live in Massachusetts, your property taxes are going to be very reasonable versus New Hampshire, where it's thousands and thousands of dollars a year. You're paying, you're probably paying like close to a, th in many cases, you're probably paying a thousand dollars a month in your property taxes, if not more than that. Sometimes way more than that. It's unreal the property taxes in New Hampshire that they don't have in in most areas in New York State. And so people say like, oh my God, it's ninety dollars to renew my. Hey, why don't you come here? Come to New Hampshire, the live free or die state. Yeah, there's no there's no sales tax, which is nice. I like going to a store and I buy something for $10 and I can give them a $10 bill. And that's pretty cool. Uh, I don't like going to a restaurant where it's a 9% tax and I can go to McDonald's and get $10 worth of food 
you know, every everything, it just all adds up. It all adds up. And then when I go every year to renew the vehicles, that depends on the age of your car. So if you have a nice, shiny new car, you're going to pay hundreds of dollars a year. The first, uh, for my wife's cars, uh, it's usually between five and $600 a year to renew that car for one year, the registration. My car, which is a 2014, and her car's a 2018, and so it's it's gone down a little bit, but it's still, I think it's in the probably low fives. Maybe the maybe we'll be lucky, and it'll be in the 400s this year. I don't know. Uh, my car registration is you call it the 2014. It's like two or $300. When we moved to Florida to register both vehicles, it was $800 to set that shit up. So that was fun. Uh and then you've, yeah, the schools, the public schools in these, like, quote-unquote affordable places to live where you get, like, oh, the cost of living. Yeah, guess what? You're going to move to the neighborhood that has a better school, and then you're going to be paying the same, if not more, than what you would be paying for a comparable size house, a quality house in upstate New York. Or you're going to pay to live in that affordable big house, and then you're going to pay $30,000 a year to send your kid to private school. Charlotte, North Carolina is another place I live. You can get a lot of house for a little bit of money down there. That's a big attraction for a lot of people. You can get a very humongous house for a couple hundred thousand dollars that would cost you uh, twice that in most areas. And in places like Boston would cost million, you know, 800000 a million dollars, whatever. You can get a palace in Charlotte for half a million dollars. And certainly you can get a palace for even half of that amount, depending on where you want to live and what kind of this and that. But then once you, if you want to be in the good schools, then you're going to pay the same price that everybody else pays on their house. Your house is going to cost the same as everybody else's everywhere else, because there's a lot of crappy public schools in that area. Or there's a reason why there's a lot of really, really good private schools in the Charlotte area. Ric Flair's kids went to uh, like Charlotte Latin, or Charlotte Academy, one of the big, there's a few big ones, and those costs easily, per student, 30000 and it's like sending your kids to college. Well, why, why is that? Oh, because the public schools are not that great. There's a lot of really good private schools <laughs> in New Hampshire. <laughs> I feel very fortunate that my kids are in a really good public elementary school. They have, they have grown incredibly in this school with such phenomenal teachers. It's, it's been fabulous. But there's other parts of the city that don't have very good elementary schools. That I, hear, I hear things. And then the middle school, I'm a little worried. I'm a little concerned about middle school. We're, we might have to make some choices when it comes time for middle school. That we're going to either move someplace else or go a different route. I don't know. Anyway, so I just, I find it to be, it's hilarious. Anytime I f- see anybody just starts to like, oh, New York, we're taxed to death. Yeah. And your kids go to some of the best schools. You have an affordable house. And the jobs there, you know, not for every industry. For me, uh, not a not a big place for if you want to be in, you know, working in big global banks and things like that. It's not, the Albany area is not ideal. That's why Charlotte worked out so well. Boston is not the best either, but it's, you know, there's there's plenty, plenty to choose from. And, uh, but if you're, I mean, you know, if you're an engineer... If you're in government, if you're you know teacher, obviously doctor, lawyer, that's you can have those anywhere. But there's there's some industries, yeah, particularly in the you know the engineering and and that kind of thing. 
it's a great great spot. I know lots of people who are, became engineers and have great lucrative jobs in that area. There's 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 lots of stuff for for a relatively small kind of area, suburban and a lot of rural. Uh, and then, you know, and then you can, your, your, your buck goes a lot farther than you think. People just don't know because they haven't left and they haven't gone and seen what it's like. That's the other thing too. Uh, let's, let's take teacher. Teacher's a very popular job in upstate New York. Most of my friends are teachers. A lot of the people that I know are teachers. My parents were teachers. My friends' parents were teachers. Most of, most of my family, aunts and uncles were teachers in upstate New York and, uh, lived very comfortably, very happily, retired with a pension. Uh, pretty nice gig. They make a lot of money. Teachers make, teachers, no teacher gets paid enough. But teachers in New York State get paid a pretty pretty good penny uh, compared to somebody doing the same job, let's say, oh, in New Hampshire. Okay, you don't have, great, you don't have your, uh, you don't have sales tax. Isn't that nice? Well, guess what? Your salary is half of what your friend is making doing the exact same job in New York State. And your house probably costs more, especially, at least if you're in, uh, if you're in the Nashua area, if you're in southern New Hampshire and some of the bigger cities in New Hampshire. So, you know, take that teaching job and go move move to the south and you'll get more house for your money, but your your salary is going to get chopped. Chopped, I say. Same with Florida. Same with all these places. So really, like, do some research. Go, go live in some of these other places and see what it's like. Because either you can... The, the only way to live in Florida is to be retired. If you go to Florida with money already saved and a pension coming in and you don't need to worry about your kids going to a good school, you don't need to worry about this, you don't need to worry about that. You you just all you're concerned about is, you know, saving on your income taxes and having a nice little condo or a nice little house or an apartment somewhere, then great. A retiree, a snowbird, that's Florida is great for you. Or if you're already very well to do, Florida is a great place to take all that money. But if you're just, you know, you're just looking to move, just to move, I mean, yeah, Florida stinks. Because <laughs> your, your salary is going to get chopped in half. Yeah, your cost of living is going to go down. And you're, ta- you're not going to be taxed as much. But there's they, it, it all evens out. You're going to be paying more for your car just to have a car on the road. You don't need to get inspected. That's great. I guess, the, the, you know, talk about live free or die. The fucking piece of shit cars you see driving around Florida. Some of the nicest cars, and also some of the worst cars. Uh, yeah, it's it's just I, I, I always I scratch my head and I just kind of laugh when people think that they're just, you know, they're just taxed to death and they just have to, they're just nickel and dime to death in New York. I'm like, God, the most the best value for my money that I have ever lived is in upstate New York, and I'm of course I'm biased towards it because I'm from there and it's you know it's my home, but like. I also am fully, having lived in so many places, I know that's the best, as far as a good, you know, a Venn diagram, a, a, a balance of, you know, does it have the most job opportunities? Hell no. There's a lot of cities you can go to, a lot of better places to go for job opportunities. But if, you're, if your industry is in that area, you're going to get paid pretty well. Your house is going to be reasonably affordable. Yeah, there's going to be taxes but your kids are going to go to some of the best public schools that money can buy, that your tax dollar can buy. So just, I, I, I don't know why I'm, who cares? This isn't, I'm just, I just saw this the other day, somebody complaining about $90 to renew their car, and I just, I almost fainted. Like, oh my God, 
I think that's the service fee that they charge me to renew my car every once a year. You, you just paid $90 and you don't have to think about renewing your, your vehicle uh, registration for two years. Are you crazy? That's such a deal. That's such a bargain. And you can just, you know, throw a dart at a map in the 518 area code. And chances are that's a pretty good, even if it's not like the best school district in the area, it's still better than most school districts in all of the South and most of New Hampshire. I mean, come on, dude. Massachusetts has some of the best public schools too. You know what it costs to live in the Boston area? Forget it. Yeah, there's more job opportunities. And the housing costs are its so competitive and it's astronomical what you pay. But then when you have a house, your kids are in great public schools and your property taxes aren't that bad. And there's a bunch of other things. You, you have services and things that your tax dollars go towards to make it a pretty nice place to live. Oh my God, I don't I'm tired of ranting about this. Who even cares? Uh, I think it's time to go. It's time to be done. I have five I have four percent battery. I need to wrap it up. I need to get out of here. I, I don't I'm, my computer's not plugged in. So this is this is my computer telling me it's time to go. Anyways, I hope you've enjoyed this week's Birthday Boy podcast. I can't do a Cliffy call because I'm going to run out of battery, and I don't have one planned. And I'm, I know it's been months since I've done a new Cliffy call. I just don't have the energy for it. I'm sorry. I just don't. Uh, it'll come back, but not, you know, just, just let it come to me, okay? F- bear with me, okay? Because <laughs> I don't have... This has been one of the busiest work weeks ever, and uh, somehow managed to... Uh, Somehow managed to get into Boston for a long walk and go up and peep leaves and do a podcast and a bunch of other shit. And and I got 10,000 steps every day this week. I don't know how that happened either. This is like, this is the most pr- productive pandemic I've ever experienced. But I got to go. Email the Birthday Boy Podcast, uh, birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, do the iTunes thing. Go on Apple, leave a review, leave five stars, listen on iHeartRadio. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, follow, like, subscribe. Tell your friends, please. If you could tell your friends, that would be great. Tell them this is uh, the greatest podcast you've ever... Just lie to them. Tell them it's the greatest podcast you've ever heard. Just lie and tell them that so that they listen. Tell them they need to subscribe or you'll punch them every time you see them. Threaten them if you have. Threaten them into liking and subscribing to the Birthday Boy Podcast. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. That's that's what this is about. Okay. Uh, and if they uh, and if they're you know don't like the political talk, I just lie to them about that and say that there's none because there's really in 99% of these shows there is none. And then once in a great while, I just start. I just need to rant on things like that. All right. My voice is killing me. I need water. I need to go. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for liking and subscribing. Thanks for all the stuff, all the listening and all the bullshit that you do and feedback and whatnot. I really, really appreciate it. Have a great week. Enjoy the football games that are already at halftime. I hope that my picks come true. I hope that your wildest dreams come true. And uh, we'll talk to you next time at episode 64 of the Birthday Boy Podcast. For episode 63, this is me, your host, Johnny Boy. And uh, remember, gang... Positivity is stupid and it's idiotic, but uh, kindness matters. Yeah, kindness matters. Remember that. Okay, that's it for me. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Birthday Boy Podcast. Have a great week, everybody. 
Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Later, Gators. Hello, this is Hello Cliffy. Ow, Cliffy, it's your uncle. It's your uncle Cliff, Cliff. It's your uncle Cliff from Austria, Cliff. It's your uncle Cliff and Ada, Cliff. Do you even know who I am, Cliff? Why don't you ever call me, Cliff? I don't really even have a premise for this this particular phone call, Al. Except to tell you, you are you are weak, Cliffy. You are not a man. You need to you need to call me so I can get you to pump. You know what the pump is, Cliff? When you're building, when you build your body, when you go to the gym, Cliff, which is a place you've never been, Cliffy, I'm pretty sure. And when you go to the gym and you get the pump, and that's when you're pumping iron, yeah. And when the pumping iron, and when the, the blood is flowing in the veins, Cliffy, you know, it's even better than coming. You know what I mean, Cliff? It's even better than an orgasm, and I know you know what that's like, Cliffy. You have an orgasm, and you know what that's pretty good. But when you go to the gym and you pump the iron, then you have a, you have the pump in your veins, Cliffy, and it's better than coming. Ah, yes, yes, it's better than coming, Cliffy. Yeah. Ah, this is Uncle Cliffinator. Call me back, Cliff. Get to the chopper as soon as you can. I clearly had no premise for this call, Cliffy, but I just want to go to say you need to get to the gym and start pumping as soon as you possibly can. Call me back, Cliffy. It's Uncle Cliffinator. Bye.